Krishna, 
Si se goran tai kija, jana bai subadra kija, si se rada balava kija, gora premananti hari hari ro. Om namo bhavate vasudevaya. Namo bhavate vasudevaya Om namo bhavate vasudevaya Narayanam namaskriptyam Narantaiva narotaman Devin sarasutim vyasam Tatoya ya nudira jed Nasta prayeso padresum Nityam bhavata sevaya Bhaktiruttamasloke Bhaktiruttamasloke Thank you for God Yeah, reading Srimad Bhattan, Canto 7, Chapter 8, The Lord is laid, the King of the Demons, and today is text 45. If we can repeat, please. Sri Siddha Uchu Yo no gatin yoga si dana sardu. Yo no gatin yoga si dana sadur. Ajar si yoga tapabo balena. Ajar si yoga tapabo balena. Nanadar pantanakar vidadara Nanadar pantanakar vidadara Tasmai tuviam pranatat 
smo nrisingha Tasmai tu viam pranatat smo nrisingha Sri Siddha Uchu Jonogatin Jogasida Nasadur Aharsid Yogata Povalena Nanadar Pantam Nakair Pitadara Tasmai Tuviam Pranatas Monisinha Sisida Uchu Yonogatin Yogasida Nasadur Aharsid Yogata Povalena Nanadar Pantam Nakair Vidadara Tasmai Tuviam Pranatas Monisimha Anyone would like to repeat, please? Sri Nisimha Uchu Yonogatin Yoga Siddhana Sadur Ahar Si Yoga Tapovalena Nanadar Pantan Nakair Vidadara Tasmai Tuviam Prana Tasmanisinha Sri Siddha Uchu Yonogatin Yoga Siddhana Sadhur Aharsi Yoga Tapo Valena Nanadar Pantana Kervidadara Tasmai Tuviam Pranatas Munisinha Sri Siddha Uthu Jonogatin Yoga Siddhana Sadur Aharshi Yoga Tapo Valena Nanadar Pantam Nakervidadara Tasmai tu viam prana tasmonisinha Sri Siddha Uchu Yoganagatan Yoganasana Aharshi Yoga Tapo Valena Nanadar Pantam Nekervidadara Ladies, any lady would you like to repeat? Sri Siddha Uchu 
Jano Gatin Yoga Sidana Sadur Ahar Si Yoga Tapo Valena Nanadar Pantam Nakir Vidadara Tasmai Tuvian Pranatas Munisimha Sri Siddha Utu Yonoga Tin Yoga Siddhana Satur Ahar Si Yoga Tapo Valena Nanadar Pantam Nakir Vidadara Tasmai tu bien prana tas munesenha. Sri Siddhautuhu. Yo no gatin yoga siddhana sadur. Ahar si yoga tapo valena. Nanadar Pantana Kervidadara Tasmai to Vian Pranatos. Thank you. Uh, translation word by word. Sri Sida Uchu, the inhabitants of Sida Loka, says, Ya. The person who na over gatin perfection yoga sidan achieved by mystic yoga asadu most uncivilized and dishonest aharsit stole away yoga of mysticism, tapa and austerities, valena by the power, nanadarpan, proud due to wealth, opulence and strength, tam him, nakair by the nails, vidadara, pierced. That's my unto, unto him, sorry. Tuviam, unto you. Pranata, bow down. Sma, we are. Nrisingha, O Lord Nisinghadev. Translation and purpose by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shila Prabhupada. The inhabitants of Siddha Loka prayed, O Lord Nisringha, because we belong to Siddha Loka, we aut automatically achieve perfection in all a kind of mystic power. Yet, Iranjakashipur was so dishonest, dishonest that by the strength of his power and austerity, he took away our powers. 
Thus, he became very proud of his mystic strength. Now, because this role has been killed by your nails, we offer our respectful obeisances unto you. Purpose. On earth, there are many yogis who can exhibit some frivolous mystic power by, man ma by manufacturing pieces of gold like magic. But the inhabitants of the planet Siddhaloka are actually extremely powerful in mysticism. They can fly from one planet and another without airplanes. This is called Lagima Siddhi. They can actually become very light and fly it in the sky. By a severe type of austerity, however, Iranjakashipur excelled all the inhabitants of Siddhaloka and created disturbance for them. The residents of Siddhaloka were also beaten by the, power, by the powers of Iranjakashipur. Now that Iranjakashipur has been killed by the Lord, the inhabitants of Siddhaloka are also felt relieved. Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesa Sunjavadi Paschatya Desatarine Vantakalpataruvyascha Kripasinduvyavacha Patitanam Pavanevyo Vaishnavyo Namonamaha Hare Krishna, thank you so much for being today in the Srimad Bhavatan eh, Simatan class. So I thought today we can continue a little bit eh, Exploring and trying to understand what is happening at this point. As we know, uh, by the uh, prayers and the circumstances that uh, Prahlad Maharaj was experiencing, and in order to prove the words of his devotee, Lord appears in a very um, impressive and uh, unexpected way, Lord Nisinghadev, a combination of uh, half lion, half human, and it is not part of the normal creation that uh, Lord Brahmat manifested, so nobody can expect that, and that was the way how uh, Iranjakashipur was uh, defeated, because it was beyond his capacity of understanding that only Krishna can manifest so, Iranjakashipur was killed by Lord Nisringhadev, and for that, after that uh, episode of the pastime, now Lord Nisringha is sitting in the throne, and full of anger, and the, the, the description in Bhadan is quite graphic, how it's manifesting full of anger, his hair, his stand, his eyes, and it's very fearful form. Nobody can approach to him. 
and all the inhabitants of the universe are around and just trying to visualize what is happening. It is all that is seen and Brahma, all the superior living beings, humans, everybody around and nobody knew what to do. They were very impressed. So, but the head of all beings, like Lord Brahma, he started trying to offer prayers. And then as you, we remember a few verses before, Lord Brahma said something. Somebody remember what he prayed for, what he says? Lord Brahma, what he prayed? No? Lord Brahma, he said, well, I offer my obeisances to you, my Lord, because all the creation, manifestation, destruction of the universe is taking place because of you, and you kill this demon. So he offered his prayers based on his function, based on his experience, how he served. Then also Indra offered his uh, prayers, oh sorry, before Indra was Lord Shiva. And Lord Shiva also prayed based on his function, his understanding. He said, my Lord, because that anger that you are manifested, it's for the destruction of the whole universe. So for Lord Shiva, that is a reference because that is part of his function. And then after Lord Shiva, it's Lord Indra. And Lord Indra also, it's based on his function, all the sacrifice has been stopped, now you kill Iranjakashipu, so this will be renovated, again be taking place. Then the Pitas, uh, yesterday I think we uh, study the Pitas, because before were the sages, pray based on the benefit of austerity, how that was interrupted by Iranjakashipu, and the Pitas, and today, is the Siddhas, they say, well, our powers have been stole, stolen by Iranjakashipur. Now you kill him, so now we feel relieved, so we will be able to regain our powers. So um, then we will also see different living entities praying according to their functions. When I try to understand this part, I thought, uh, how this can be extrapolated in something that we can relate to? Because different living uh, beings are offering prayers to the Lord according to their function and relationship with Krishna. They're all devotees. I thought, uh, it can be like, a, for example, if I Im see devotees in the kitchen, the kitchen managers, uh, Nanda Prabhu and... Uh, um, Ishantakur Prabhu, probably their prayers or their approach to the Lord will say based on the offering, the voga in the kitchen, the, all the dynamic, the cooks, their approach and relationship with the Lord will be based on that, what they are doing. And also, for example, if I imagine Bhakti Man Prabhu, it would be more related to what he's doing in his service based deity worship. He probably will approach the Lord based on that. Another example with the Pitambar Prabhu with the book distribution. What is his function? Or Ojasi Prabhu and uh, Sri Ram Prabhu, Sri Jagannath Prabhu, oh no, Ranat, Jagannath Ram Prabhu about Bhakti Briksha programs, how they work, and they will approach based on what they are, how they are serving to the Lord. The same way, these different living beings 
are offering prayers to the Lord based in how they interact with the Lord, what is their level of understanding and functions. So, but uh, also I thought it would be interesting if we can understand who are the Siddhas. For me it's a very interesting part because I don't have much uh, understanding about or interaction who is a Siddha. Do you know who are the Siddhas? Who are Siddhas? Because we have been studying Bhavatan until this point is seven canto. And when I did the research, about, a small research about the Siddhas, it thinks that they interact in all part of, through all Bhavatan, from the first canto to the twelfth canto, Siddhas are there. So I thought, oh wow, that's quite interesting. Who are them? Can you help me to identify or to understand who are them? Any idea who are the Siddhas? Yeah, that's right. They have, yeah, in the verse said they have the eight type of mystic powers. It appears that they are the perfect mystics, and they have a lot of power and all the mysticism manifested. And then, what else we can say about the Siddhas? Anybody else has any idea? We have been studying in different cantos, the Siddhas, the Siddhas, and. And I thought, wow, what, what is this? How is this? So, if you allow me, I can share some points of my research that yesterday, in order to prepare the class, I was organizing some points. I found some interesting points. Um, because, for example, yesterday I was trying to ask in the class how, how we can explain that Iranjakashipur um, by stopping the sacrifices, the jagyas, his idea was that in this way, the demigods, they will become weak. So in that way, I'll conquer them. So I wasn't able to understand that, so I was trying to do some research. And also one kind devotee, Surya Gopal Prabhu, gave me some uh, nice tips, and uh, he explained nicely some points I wanted to share with you, if you allow me, in order to uh, help us to understand what is going on, and it was quite interesting. Uh, uh, for example, in the research, it is, uh, I thought is, well, the, what I found is, I found is that um, there are different levels in the creation, as we know, the primary creation and the secondary creation. In the primary creation, all the ingredients uh, Mahatata took place, and that is done by the Lord Himself, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna. And in that process, in, in, the, sec in the primary creation, also there are some stages, like uh, for example, in the beginning, all the ingredients are created. That is the first stage. In the second stage, is that um, because the false ego takes place, so the, the interaction of activities and knowledge also is manifested. When we say the Mahatattva, it's all the ingredients plus the modes of nature. Then after the creation or the manifestation of the false ego, 
the sense perception took place. Then after the sense perception took place, the knowledge and the capacity of, of work is taking place. And then is the, the Lord create the devatas or the deities of all different activities or the controllers of the senses and the elements. That is the fifth stage. And then after, the last part of the primary creation is the creation of or manifestation of ignorance and darkness. At, at this point, it's just natural manifestation. It's created by Krishna. That's part of the primary creation. Then, from the seventh stage, Lord Brahma takes place. So he created, for, for example, from the at the seventh level or seventh phase, uh, Lord Brahma created all the living entities, the, then the human beings, and then the demigods. So those are the different stages that Lord Brahma took place in the second in the second part of what we call secondary stage or secondary part of the creation. But when he, the Lord Rama created demigods, the demigods actually is a category that includes the eight different types of subtypes. And that is new thing. I thought the demigod is just demigod, but no, included eight different species, if we can say. Among them are the demigods themselves. We have, for example, so I, I have written here. Um, with the demigods, uh, we have the demigods for fathers, the Asuras. Asuras, then Gandharvas, Yakshas, Rakshasas, Siddhas, Charanas, Vidyadharas, Bhutas, and then superhuman beings. Those are superior than human beings. So um, I thought before, that's again my personal understanding, limited understanding, I thought that demons or asuras is just a stage of mind. In my studies of Bhagavad Gita, for example, in the uh, 16th chapter, when we study about the divine and demoniac nature, it's clearly explained that it's more a state of consciousness. So. I thought, okay, demons are those uh, negative, uh, the tendency, or those beings who have the tendency to act independently from God, not acknowledging the presence of God, trying to enjoy Lord over the nature, and independently uh, acting. I thought that is a demon, a, a state of consciousness. In my case, experiencing myself that, so my divine and demoniac nature. But actually, demon is also a category, a living being, a specific living beings that Lord Brahma created. And they are superior than the Siddhas. That is explained why they are superior. So I thought, well, how is this explained? And also, in another point in Bhavatam, when Rishabhadev, explained to his sons about the creation, how uh, the, the classification of the genealogy, how the living entities are classified. He said, for example, 
that uh, the living beings who has the force, life force, are superior than dull matter. So that is the base for him to discriminate. Those who has the living force are superior than dull matter. And among those, the beings who are movement are superior than, dull, than those who are not moving. That means animals are superior than plants. And among the animals, superiors are those who are who has intelligence. Those who have intelligence. So, among the animals, those who are do have intelligence, human beings are superior than them. But superior than human beings are the ghosts. Do you know why the ghosts are superior than human beings? That was a bit, a bit, a bit uh, surprising for me when I was reading, oh, ghosts are superior than human beings. Do you know why? No idea? Richard said that they are superior because they don't have physical body. So I thought, oh, wow, that is an interesting point. I thought being, having a physical body is uh, a facility. But according to Rishabhadev, the ghosts are superior because they don't have the condition of physical body. They act in a different plane. And uh, uh, superior than the ghosts uh, are the Gandharvas. And superior than Gandharvas are the Siddhas. Oh, that's another word, Siddhas, okay. And superior than the Siddhas are the Asuras, the demons. And superior than the Asuras are the demigods. And superior than the demigods, among the demigods is Lord Indra, is the head. But superior than Lord Indra is, or oh, the sons of Lord Brahma are superior than them. Among the sons of Lord Brahma, do you know who is superior? Any idea? Among the sons of Lord Rama, who is superior? Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva is uh, considered to be the son of Lord Brahma. So in that way, Lord Rama is superior than Lord Shiva. But Rishava is said, uh, he says that because Lord Brahma is subordinated to me, so uh, he, I'm superior than all of them. He is inferior. But that is beautiful part. I thought, wow, that's interesting how Lord Rishabh said, because I'm inclined to the Brahmanas. The Brahmanas are the best of all. So they hold the description. Lord Rishabh said that. So, wow, Brahmanas. And in Iskon, According to Prabhupada's, uh, the way how he designed ISKCON, uh, Prabhupada defined, defines that ISKCON is the school for Brahmanas. So Brahmanas well, is a school for Brahminical culture. That he, he helped us, it's a, a very effective uh, tool for us to become a devotee, higher than Brahmanas in that sense. Yeah, that is one point I wanted to share about the Siddhas and how they, their position and how that dynamic. But also, interesting point is how this old 
living beings and the hierarchies of beings are interacting. Mm, Prabhupada, in the, that was another point that I thought it was quite revealing, one example that Prabhupada explained in the first canto, chapter 1, text 4, in the purpose, Prabhupada explained that uh, Vishnu, Krishna, is the root of a big tree. Uh, this big tree has branches, leaves, uh, twigs, and all the living beings, demigods, suras, uh, Gandharvas, Siddhas, Vidyadharas, human beings, are those branches, twigs, and leaves. But so there is a dynamic, an interaction between all these beings that we can call, in biology, is called uh, symbiosis. Have you heard about that? What is symbiosis? An idiot, do you know what is some symbiosis? Yeah, interacting in one place, yeah, different beings. Uh, being in a, a place, there is a relationship. Uh, so I was researching what is symbiosis. He said that there are three types of symbiosis. Uh, one is the mutualism, when two different species of beings, they, they act in the same, uh, they interact together in the same place, but they help each other. The benefit is for, it's mutual. Nobody is harmed, but they help each other. That is mutualism. And the another type of symbiosis is commensalism. When one uh, species lives uh, close to another, but take a benefit of interacting, but doesn't harm the other living entity. But, but get benefit, but without harming. That is commensalism. And the other aspect is parasitism. Uh, parasitism is when one species is living with the another one, but is harming. It's taking advantage of that being and harming. So I thought, well, this is quite interesting. It's what is happening here. It's like a the interaction of all beings and demons, in this case, Hiranya Kashipur, is taking the position of a parasit, and like a, it's parasitism what is happening. He is interacting with others, living beings, and taking benefit of them, but harming them. So this is the way how, for example, this the natural dynamic of relationships, it's broken, it's harming. And I, I thought, wow, this is the example of Srila Prabhupada with the Vishnu, the root of the big tree, the source of all living entities, the support of maintaining of all, the root, the cause of everything. But in between we have branches and twigs and leaves, so there is interaction, there is a dynamic interdependency between all the living beings. Uh, like, uh, for example, yesterday in the discussion that um, uh, uh, Karunanidhi Prabhu explained that the demigods and human beings and the sacrifices, the oblations, 
that dynamic, that interaction take place if we uh, imagine, visualize the tree and the branches in the tree and the twigs, there is an interdependency there. And if that is blocked, so it's some part of, for example, if a branch of a tree is br broken, the twigs and leaves will die. So in that way, I can understand how, why, by stopping sacrifices, demigods are starving in one way. Because that dynamic of the interaction and reciprocation, it's not taking place. Um, of course, at the same time, it's the supreme source, Krishna, it's maintaining everything. But he creates a natural order where we can all interact, that symbiosis. But when that is broken, or so some entities act as a parasite, or like a parasitism, then that natural order is producing disturbance. So at this point, for example, is the, the, asp the position of the cedars acknowledging that Lord uh, well, Iranja Kashipur stole them, their power, they, they felt suppressed. So now by cutting the parasite or killing the parasites, the parasite there, so the natural order is re-established and everybody gets the nourishment and the interaction that takes natural interaction created by God. In this point, for example, yesterday, um, Surya Gopal Prabhu explained to me that, imagine that uh, because as we mentioned, the ghosts are superior than the humans because they don't have subtle bodies. The demigods and the other living, superior living entities, they have also subtle bodies. The way how they get their nourishment, it's in a different way. That it's not like gross way, like we get, for example, nourishment by eating physical elements or ingredients or food. Their food is based more in a subtle, subtle elements. Uh, for example, the, the fact of acknowledging their authorities, acknowledging their existence by giving oblations or sacrifice, is the way how they, are, they receive the nourishment. And as we explain, is that the natural dynamic, that the natural symbiosis that exists, that, Krishna created. So, for example, when the sacrifices are stopped, uh, the demigods, uh, they don't receive the nourishment and whatever they are able to, uh, how they live or how they are surviving is based on the nourishment that Krishna directly is giving, but they are not living fully because that, that natural uh, dynamic of interaction has stopped. I don't know if I'm confusing you all because I can see that some of them are just sleeping and they are, so I don't want to bother you, but 
at this point, I just wanted to share with you this, this how this uh, creation takes place and how these living beings are uh, developed and organized by Krishna and they have their functions and how they are now interacting with Krishna. The Siddhas offering prayers according to their nature and relating to Krishna. Um, but at this point also, if you allow me, I want just to make sure the class, I wanted to mention about what prayers are. Because we are studying prayers, so there is a format, ideal way to pray. Anybody has idea what is the best way to pray? There is a format. Anybody has any idea? How to pray, Mataji? Do you have any idea? What is the format, the ideal way to pray? By chanting, yes. By remembering the Lord, yes. It said that, uh, like uh, for example, now we are uh, receiving, uh, studying prayers. It said that when we pray, the first part of the prayer, the format is, the first part of the prayer should be glorification of the person that we are addressing to. Yeah. As you see, the, for example, now the Siddhas are glorifying the Lord. Brahma was glorifying the Lord. So in the, be the beginning of our prayers should be that. For glorification, when we approach to Krishna, we glorify Krishna to our level, no? glorifying his qualities. Then, the second part of the prayer is we acknowledge our limitation, how we are, our conditioning. And the third part of the prayer is we present our request. Yeah, that is the format how we can approach or offer prayers just in case we can, um, we would like to explore more how to pray. And uh, because Bhagavatam is full of prayers, and we are learning many prayers from the very beginning of the Bhagavatam, we hear a lot of prayers until the end. And in these prayers, it's revealed the level of consciousness and advancement of different devotees. Um, I got one prayer that the Siddhas offered to the Lord in the fourth canto, just to conclude the class, in order for us to understand about the Siddhas. Uh, there is one prayer of the Siddhas in the fourth canto, chapter 7, text 35. They said, like a, an elephant, that has suffered in the forest fire, but can get all the relief from his troubles by entering in water, our minds, O oh Lord, always merge in the nectarian river of your transcendental pastimes, and they desire never to leave such transcendental bliss which is as good as pleasing the pleasure of merging in the Absolute. And Srila Prabhupada says that because of these prayers, we can understand 
that they see us, they have control of mind, they have the A kind of mystic perfections, but they seem to be a pure devotees. That is uh, the purpose of Srila Prabhupada explaining us or letting us know who are the Siddhas. And by, uh, yeah, and also a, a small point uh, about the Siddhas is that, uh, is this a description in the Srimad Bhattan, Canto 3, text 20, text, uh, sorry, chapter 20, text 44. Uh, it said that Lord Brahma gave the Siddhas the ability of being invisible. That is called Antardana. So the Siddhas, are their presence is perceived, but they are not visible to the, to the eyes, because Lord Brahma gave them that blessings. So I stop at this point. Anyone has any question, any comment about the topic that we discuss? No questions? Where is Sibia with the questions? Oh, Prabhu has a question. Thank you. Thank you for your class, Mataji. Um, in the, like, the Vedas, they mention that there's so many different types of species of humans. When they mention that there's so many different types of humans, are they talking about demigods as well involved? In, they also call demigods humans or human species, you know? They also call... Yeah, like, do they also, when they say there's so many different types of human species, mm -hmm. do they also mean that demigods and those other higher beings are part of the human species as well? Yeah, yes. Um, I was mentioning in my research, this is Srimad Bhavatan Canto 3, text, uh, chapter 10, text 14, onwards. It's a description of all creation, different stages, and a different type of demigods, a kind of demigods. Among them, the Siddhas are part of them, and the demigods himself as well. But so they a type of them. That answers your question? Demigods and the human. No. Because when we explain the different categories of beings, human beings are part of the... Um, they take place in the ninth stage of creation, and superior to that, the next stage of creation are the demigods. And according to Rishavadev, uh, human beings are inferior than demigods. It's a different type of beings. Is that, uh, that answer your question? Yeah, four hundred. What, what are those types? Um, well, you got me this time. No, I don't know what are those types of four hundred. I only remember that there are four hundred different, four hundred thousand different uh, human beings, species in human beings, subcategories. Hmm. Another point to do research. Uh, I don't know those 400,000, uh, I have to read more. 
I don't know if there is any description about that. Till now, no much. In Bhavada, I didn't find much. But that, yes, that specification that there's different types of human beings. Any other question? Sibia, do you have a question? Not today? No question. Very rare today. Okay. Anybody else? Any question? Yeah. Okay, so we can finish here. Thank you so much for your kind attention. Jai Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai Gora Premanandi Hari Hari Bo.